Hey, Disc Golf fans, welcome back to another episode of Running It with Nate Sexton. I am your co-host, Jared Orr. He is a man who sells plastic faster than a cosmetic surgeon at a Kardashian Christmas party. Mr. Nate Sexton. Nate, how you doing, man? <laughs> you, man, I, I, got, I can always look forward to those intros. I, I can tell you that much. I'm doing great. Dude, you sold a thousand discs in two hours. Yeah, man, I love my fans. They're they're hungry for the for the discs, and it's awesome. Yeah, we we had that new stamp, and I, honestly, I didn't even promote it. So if you didn't hear about it, that's not by accident because I really didn't want to crash my website, and I succeeded uh, in doing that. But yeah, two hours only to sell a thousand discs. I'm I'm gonna make more. I'm gonna try to get a better website. I'm gonna try to keep it going, and uh, I just want to thank everybody who's uh, excited to throw those things. They they look beautiful. Yeah, they're really awesome looking, but see, yeah, two hour sellout. You're like, uh, you're like the Super Bowl or WrestleMania or something, man. It's, uh, <laughs> that, that's awesome. All right, Nate. Now, just like every week before we get to another amazing show, we got to take care of a little bit of business. Guys, you know, I'm already talking about our friends over at FisherDiscGolf.com. Um, Fisher has been an amazing supporter of running it with Nate Sexton. And to see how fast they're growing, they're constantly getting new drops of new discs. They just got a huge load of the uh, MVP and Axiom Streamline. Uh, they've got a ton of new stuff that has just came in and uh, just something that you guys have to check out. You guys are disc golf fans anyway. Now, They've got something that's going to be coming up that's going to be big for any disc golfer. And in order to be included, you got to pick up a piece of Fisher Disc Golf apparel. They've got some awesome hoodies, hats, dry fits, sweats, anything you need for playing around. And if you own a piece of Fisher Disc Golf apparel, you're going to be included in something special that they got coming up. But in the meantime, Nate, how can all of our listeners save 10% off their first purchase? Use our code run at 10 and go over to Fisher Disc Golf. I mean, seriously, we might, our show might be a lot different without their support from the jump. It really, they've really been instrumental in, in keeping this thing alive. And if you guys like what's going on here and the best way that you can support the show right now is by supporting our sponsors. So um, if you like, like hearing these stories and having these guests on, you know, go ahead and hook up our sponsors a little bit. Check them out at FisherDiscGolf.com. Of course, they got disc stacks on Facebook and YouTube every Tuesday and Friday. You can find them on social media everywhere at Fisher Disc Golf. Last week, um, Big Sexy was back together. We had Jeremy on uh, another really fun episode. Um, the inbox has just been blowing up. What kind of feedback are you getting from uh, Big Sexy Part 2, The Germaning? <laughs> it's always good. I mean, people love to hear him talk and tell any kind of funny stories he's got. You know, he's a mixologist now. He's been He's been getting into all kinds of things. So... <laughs> Uh, I think people always, I, I always love talking to him and having him on the show. So I think people agree with me and, uh, you know, we're, we're good friends. So it's easy. Yeah. The big kahuna is a mixologist. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, you'd say a lot of times it would, it'd be tough to follow up big germ on running it with Nate Sexton. But if ever there was a guest who was going to be able to do it, you got her here with us today. Nate, who are we running it with? Yeah, this is going to be no problem for our guest. This is our guest is actually the only person that I can think of that has carried, and I mean carried, Big Germ to world championships in the mixed doubles division. And it's five time women's world champion, the greatest to ever do it, Paige Pierce. Hello. Thank hey. you guys for having me. 
Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah. How really did excited. how did you carry germ to those titles? I mean, it's it's honestly incredible. Yeah, it's pretty tough. But I had a cart back in those days. So, you know, he just kind of like hopped on and yeah. watched watched me throw some birdies. Aces too. Yeah, I did get an ace. I did get an ace. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're really excited to have you on. I know, uh, you know, you had kind of a travel day because you've been in Hawaii for what feels like six months. I know it wasn't that long, but watching you on social media looked like you had an awesome time. Yeah, I was in Hawaii for the past two months. I spent 61 days there, I think. And yeah, it was a blast. It did feel like six months as well and was so bittersweet to leave. But um, yeah, I'm ready to get back into the swing of things and uh, start seeing the courses that we're going to be playing this year. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, I bet it's going to be an awesome season, I think. And I mean, what a way to prepare. You just look like you're out there doing your disc golf strong, playing some courses. I I think we we talked on the phone a couple of days ago and I've never been to Hawaii. So I'm going to be talking to you when I need a a guide, when I finally get the chance to go there. I got all the spots. I got them on a little Google Maps save drive. So I'll just send you the little file Awesome, and you'll be good to go. Awesome. Well, so what are you thinking? You have, I'm sure, a full schedule all kind of planned out, tour all year, hope it all goes well with COVID and just do just be out there, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I am skipping a couple events, but it's just kind of to give myself a little bit of break. I've I've noticed that I play better when I kind of give myself a little bit of time to like find that balance and uh, just like reset kind of uh, emotionally yeah. and mentally, physically, everything. I think your body needs a break. And that's kind of something that has gone with this golf where it's growing every year and we play more and more tournaments and higher stress, bigger payouts, more players, everything. And, you know, in my, t- this will be my 12th year touring. And I am just realizing like how much longer I do want to play competitively. And if I, if I do want that, I got I have to give myself some, some breaks. So yeah, I'm going to play most of the big ones, but I will be skipping, uh, yeah, a few, a few big ones that I think people will be surprised to see me sitting out of. Sure. Sure. I mean, everybody wants you at every tournament, but it's hard. You can't, you can't just right. be out there all the time. You could definitely, exactly. even, I mean, you're still very young, but even you aren't getting any younger. It's like, you can't just push your body forever. <laughs> no, exactly. None of us are getting younger, right? I, that's that's what they tell me. That that's is what they tell what they me. Tell me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's great. So where are you now? I just got back to Phoenix. This is where my van was. Um, yeah, flew in this morning at. I left Hawaii last night at nine forty-five p.m. We barely made the flight, and then from there, it's it was overnight flight, and then a layover for two hours, and then another three-hour flight and then landed in phoenix this morning and got an uber back to the van and started uh you know putting all the winter clothes away and refilling my closet with disc golf polos and (laughs) just starting to get excited kind of realizing wow i have way too many backup discs and just kind of like going through them and feeling all the discs and feeling which ones are going to be like go-tos and yeah just started getting really really exciting today awesome well i'm sure you've uh told the story a million times but if you wouldn't mind for our viewers just kind of the the quick version of how Paige pierce became a, a fantastic disc golfer like where where how'd you get started how long you've been going all that stuff 
All right, Nate, I will answer this just for you. And because you have a new podcast going and I really want to support it, but I have to tell you, I was really excited to be on your podcast because it seems like all these interviews these days are just the same. It's the we're, same we're questions gonna get, over, we're gonna get you over and over. And I was there. counting on you to give me some questions that are going to make me like really think. So just no wait. pressure. Just wait. Right. I'm just right. letting you warm so. your vocal cords up. I thought so. I thought so. But okay. So yes, I started playing disc golf when I was around four years old. My dad um, took me out with him on the weekends as like our father daughter kind of activity. And uh, he was he really became addicted to disc golf. I think addicted is the proper word to use in nice. this in this uh sentence yeah he really really got addicted to disc golf and was playing every day after work you know and every moment on the weekends and so he would pick me up and uh we would just start playing all weekend long and it was fun for me as a kid to just be outside and then as the years progressed I started instead of throwing like five shots all day then I was throwing like 20 shots and then I was like okay I'll I'll keep my score on this hole I'll try to get a par and uh, eventually it got to the point where I started to out throw some of my dad's friends or him and on occasion, <laughs> not every time, but like I would have a drive that would kind of get past theirs. And, and I could feel that it was no longer at the point of like just support. And it was like, wow, this is actually like remarkable. Like you, you have some talent. And, um, it was an age where I was really impressionable and, and just kind of like wanting that acknowledgement, you know, of, of my dad and yeah. just feeling that was like, okay, I am good at this and I think I could get better. And so then I started really kind of taking it a little bit more seriously and like actually like going out with my dad, even when it was like a weekday, we would go to the little park by my house and just work on form and uh, throwing shots and stuff. And yeah, then it started to feel like I was like anticipating these tournaments like eagerly and wanted to play in tournaments and like see how far my progress has come. And uh, I started playing tournaments when I was around eight to 10 years old. I started playing like juniors tournaments. I got a, an ace pretty early on in a tournament with an DX Archangel. Awesome. Um, and it was like right, it was like a little juniors layout. So it was like right in front of the, like tournament set up the tournament headquarters oh, and sweet. so like the crowd just went wild and it just felt good to you know to have like to hear clapping and uh it was just like really exciting for me and I started to get more and more uh excited about playing competitive rounds and uh yeah just my competitive nature just took over and I I started really traveling the state in my teenage years. And then as I finished high school, started going outside of the state and started one semester of community college. And then Eric McCabe and Liz Lopez asked me to tour with them for the summer. And uh, I said yes immediately. And my dad that's, was very excited. That's like my first memory of Paige Pierce is yeah, tagging, yeah, tagging along with, with those two. Yeah, I played with you at the Ultra Glide in yep. in Kamloops, yep, Canada, I that. and that yeah. was my very very first tournament on my summer tour with them. 
And then my very next tournament was, and I got to play a skins match with you guys. And I think Chandler was my partner, actually Chandler Fry. And, um, the very next tournament was the Beaver State Fling, which it was a national tour still is to this day. And I lost by one stroke to Liz Carr and, you know, it came down to like the second to last hole. And, you know, I had a really unforced error there. And so like, yes, I was super stoked with second place, especially at my first national tour, big stage tournament. But looking back, I was like, wow, I could have actually won this thing. Like I need to, I need to step up and like go do some field work. Like all these people are talking about, like, what is field work, you know? And <laughs> yeah, I kind of never looked back after that. It just kind of became this thing where I wanted to push myself and challenge my limits and see what I was capable of. Well, I think we're, we're kind of enjoying being along for the ride. I speak, I think for myself and, and most of the fans out there seeing how far you can push yourself and what you can do. Cause like you said, you know, you went from every once in a while, maybe kind of out throwing your dad and his friends. And now you're kind of like, out throwing me i think so <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I, maybe. I, know, I know how he feels i know exactly how he felt back then because you are crushing the disc but uh what i wanted to ask you about uh now you know all that all that history and then now you find yourself sitting here with us winner of 14 and maybe possibly 15 majors i wanted to get your take on this with the performance flight is that for for you does that count as one of your majors i want to interesting you're the source. Cause so you can, so yeah. you're either 14 time or you're a 15 time major champion. <laughs> I think my Wikipedia page has 14. I just went off of that the other day. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we I were think like it's filling 15 out if all... you count that performance, yeah. flight. that performance flight thing is maybe not professional. So I don't know yeah, I don't what know. it really it, counts in. It's not really I amateur mean, or professional. When you think about what they're doing next year for that new major in 2022 true, and it's being true. match play, I mean, that's true. kind of going to be like a little asterisk too, right? Yeah, sure. so, it's different. It's certainly different. Anyway, though, yeah. we, so, so we'll call it 14. Okay. We got a small research department here at Running Sexton. <laughs> so I, I didn't dig into the uh, every single player, but I can tell you this. Paige Pierce, 14 majors. Paul McBeth, 15 majors. Ken Climo, 24 majors. Ken Climo, that includes a few master's titles. I'm okay. wondering, is that, have you ever heard that stat before? Can you beat it? And what is Paige Pierce going to be doing when she's 40 years old? Oh, I mean, I definitely got Paul. Yeah, I think so soon. too. Oh, I love it. I think so too. He's a sitting um, duck. As for Ken, I mean, <laughs> I feel like it's just a time, it's a time game, right? If, if I'm in it for long enough, I think it's possible if I stay dedicated and passionate and keep the fire that I have now, I think that that is definitely possible. But um, yeah, only time will tell, I guess. And, you know, I think I just got to keep setting myself up for uh, keeping the fire alive because I think there there have been some moments over the years where I've kind of like lost that desire at times. Yeah. Yeah. You, I forgot to that say that was one of the things. Oh, go ahead. Jerry. Go ahead. No, I was going to, I was, all I was going to say is a dumb joke. I was going to say, I forgot to put myself on the list. Nate Sexton, one major, still hungry, but I, I don't know what it's like. I don't want it's like to be up there in that 14, 15, 25 club. <laughs> well, well, like you said, they're stay hungry. Yeah, that's right. Paige, that was one of the things that I was going to ask about. And I guess you kind of touched on it a little bit is how difficult is it to stay motivated and hungry when you're really just dominating the game the way you are? I think it's just kind of 
you just kind of have to like check in with yourself and see, do I still love this game? Do I still love competing? You know, and that answer has always been yes for me. And so it's kind of just restructuring what my goals are because a lot of my goals I have accomplished already. And so if I'm just going out there and blindly throwing just because I love it, um, it doesn't feel as fulfilling. So I stopped playing eight years and lower um, just because I feel like I get a lot of the energy from the crowd and whether they're cheering for me or cheering against me, I just love the like fact that they are so involved and just out there with shirts on and hats on. And sometimes you look back and you see a hat with your logo. And like, sometimes you see a sign that says like, you know, hometown hero, Haley King. And it's like, this is awesome. Like this is sports right here. And like, this is, this is what I want to be doing it for. And so, yeah, I kind of realized somewhere along the way that that was important to me. And so I stopped playing the smaller tournaments where there really wasn't a crowd or, and, or a media crew. Um, yeah, it's, it's just nice to hear clapping. It sounds kind of funny, but you know, like some of these tournaments, I was throwing like some of the best shots I've ever seen come out of my hand and it's just silence. And you're like, what? Somebody like, <laughs> nobody saw that. Come on. That was incredible. And, uh, you know, it's just like a lot of times, a shot that leaves my hand is more memorable than a certain win. So to see those kind of like go under the radar and like, as time goes by, even I start to forget that shot. So it's like, I want to go places where media crews are and that shot can live on like Kevin Jones's a set, you know, a OTB skins match, you know, yeah. like if that wasn't for a media crew, nobody would have ever seen that shot. And now it's like one of the best shots of all time. And so, yeah. yeah, just things like that. Just trying to like reassess what actually drives me and, and feels like creates that fire. So, um, yeah, I think that leads me into like the, the other thing I figured out is that like, sometimes it's not about winning the tournament. Sometimes it's about going for a shot that could either win you or lose you the tournament and no matter the outcome just that you really made that decision and you stuck with it and you gave it your all and maybe it didn't go good and you got a double bogey and you lost but that shot will live in your memory forever and so I think that those moments have kind of become a little bit even more important to me than winning a certain tournament moments with the exception of worlds I would say <laughs> sure Moments when you were running it, you might say. Yes, exactly. Perfect. When I was running it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's amazing. And that I think that's something that a lot of you hear from a lot of top competitors. In fact, I was just watching an old interview with uh, former NFL quarterback Brett Favre, and he threw a bad interception in the playoffs, and he ran back to the sideline, and the coach said, why did you throw that ball? And he said, because I could. And, uh, and it, you know, it was, a, it was a throw that most quarterbacks couldn't make and, uh, and shouldn't, but to hear you say that it's, you know, going out for that, that one shot and, and really, you know, putting it all out there. Um, and it's because you can, and, uh, and I think it's awesome that you do. Yeah. yeah I, I think that that would be even a little bit more exciting to me, the, the fast paced aspect of it, where you really have to just decide, like you kind of can't even decide you, you just have to feel your body and like, 
you know, Brett Favre in this example of yours, like he, his, his brain is off. He's just like relying on his muscles and his muscle memory. And that sounds really exciting for me. I know that disc golf is a little bit slower, but it does kind of have a small bit of that aspect where, you know, you've thrown this shot thousand times, but now the pressure's on and you have to execute and turn your brain off. For sure. And with you kind of talking about kind of moving me on to my next question that I've got for you, um, with you talking about hearing the fans and saying, hey, this is sports and, and, you know, feeling the excitement that when you're out there and we can go as far into this as you want to or as or as shallow. It's, I don't I don't want to force you into any conversation, but like clearly there are inequalities in the world between men's and women's sports and. Tennis, I think when I was when I think about what you've been able to achieve, I feel like tennis is really the only fair comparison because so many sports, the women's ver- the women's leagues are so far down and underreported and underpaid and everything. Tennis is probably the only sport I can think of where women have been able to establish themselves as top 10 brands and top 10 earners within their sport. And that's something that you ha- you and you alone have probably done in women's disc golf. So I I feel like, how does it make you feel? Or do you realize that you're probably one of maybe as few as like five or 10 women in the history of the world that have cracked through far enough into their sport to be a, a top 10 or top five brand, regardless of gender? Yeah. Um, my stats department is zero (laughs) over here at the page Pierce camp. So I don't have that information currently, but well, yeah, I mean, of, I'm not, yeah, I'm not quoting any exact figures for salary okay. or brand. I'm just saying, you don't got to tell me any numbers. I'm just saying in my opinion, and I think I'm right, your name and your brand power, you're a top 10 name in, or maybe even a top five name in the whole mm-hmm. sport of disc golf, regardless of men or women. And if you take that analogy and put it to like basketball, you know, the first woman probably doesn't pop up on that list until in the hundreds, you know, so it's like a, a, a rare and hopefully a more common thing. I think all of us hope that those gaps continue to shrink and that there's fairer representation and everything. But uh, but you you you've done it. And I wonder if you ever yeah. think about that. Um, I do. I, I, I you know. Some days I don't touch a disc or play disc golf, but every single day I'm thinking about disc golf, how I can continue to grow my brand, how I can continue to grow the sport. And I think that, you know, I can kind of attribute my brand success and, and my page Pierce success to just like that. I'm always thinking of a way to push, to push on. I, I like just keeping ambition high and doing something with your titles like you know you just commented earlier that you only have one major but you are also a top 10 if not probably top five in disc golf and you know it it just goes to show you it's not necessarily about the title it's what you do with it and the ambition ambition behind that player you know I think of someone like let's see like I, I don't want to call anybody out, but there there has been a lot of major winners who haven't done anything. And it's like the world sure. has just forgotten about that major even. Sure. And I mean, Ken Climo even, like he's 124. He's the best of all time, according to your, your stat records. Yeah. And uh, 
he look at him now like he's not making any money on disc golf and you know if paul mcbeth had had 24 majors at this point it would be really scary it would be really scary just because he has so much drive and he is trying to keep pushing this envelope of what a player should be receiving what this player could be marketing themselves as and i i just think that that has a lot to do with with how i've gotten into that threshold that you're talking about and yeah just i mean aligning myself with the right companies at the right times i know that i've switched companies but i think that at the time when i went to dynamic disc i was not only their best women's player but i was their best player in general and so in any moment they were when they were promoting something or marketing something they were marketing me wearing that product or throwing that product or yeah uh, putting me on a billboard and it just kind of grew my brand and my fan base and it was a huge stepping stone for me to get this contract that I'm in right now with this craft where I just like I just opened my quarter four check today and like you know like it's just like unbelievable in my wildest dreams ever like when i'm four years old i'm not even thinking about twenty dollars you know and yeah it's just crazy i mean what... even if you put yourself in a time machine to two years ago i bet you could yeah even... no totally and two and years like... ago you were already one of the best ever you know like it's not like you were some rookie two years ago you were multi-time winner of everything absolutely and i was just talking about this the other day too after i had talked to Eric McCabe and Jeremy Rusco and Robert McCall and told them that I was wanting to step away from dynamic. Um, yes, I had already had that conversation, but I was still even second guessing it. Like, am I sure? Like, is this right? Is this right? I, you know, and it felt so right, but you, you can't help but have those second thoughts and like, you know, especially with me, like knowing that I am a huge influence to women and children and, and, you know, a lot of men as well in the sport. And just like, I don't want to feel like I am untrustworthy or, um, just flip floppy, but you know, it, it was a decision that I needed to make. And now looking back at that turmoil, like that I was faced with and like this, this, like, decision that felt like the decision of a lifetime it, it's just like it just kind of like makes me so proud of of the initiative that I took and just that leap of faith in discraft because not all of it was guaranteed promised and what was guaranteed and promised I've exceeded by you know 20 times and so it's just like and I think that a lot of that has to do with the fan base that I built through DD and being the top of the company and being the one that they marketed and being the one that they promoted and gaining that name. And, you know, yes, my 14 majors had a lot to do with that too, but it's, it really goes down to every single decision you make and every single brainstorming session. And yeah, it's, it's just, Every ounce of work you put in, whether that's on the field, on the course, or, you know, 
in the business side of it, it does pay off. And it's just, it's just a special thing to, to see if you keep pushing, like good things will come. I got three things that I have to say to that. Number one, congratulations. You deserve it. Number two, I'm thrilled to see uh, the amount of push that you're getting from Discraft and the, the, the amount of marketing that they're putting towards you and the amount of discs that you're moving for them. And number three, you said that some, you know, even some men are inspired by your game. Put me on the list. I, I, I think you probably already know this, but I absolutely am inspired by the way that you play disc golf. I love watching you play. I, I'm not going to lie and say that I always think you make the right decision. Sometimes I'm banging my head against the wall going, why did, she th <laughs> why did she throw that? Why would she do that up by three? Why would she ever do that? But I don't get the sense that you're ever afraid. And I absolutely admire that about you, the way that you attack and the way that you're always going for more. Thank you. And, you know, I want to say, if you ever have those feelings, I would love for you to message me. I know it doesn't <laughs> help in that moment, but, you know, just to talk about it as two like golf minded sure, humans, sure. you know, because maybe I did make that wrong decision or maybe I did think about your side of it, but I just didn't care. And yeah, I just definitely. really wanted to make the Simon shot. Yeah. Or maybe. I'm, <laughs> and, and also the option three is I'm flat out wrong about what I think. True. Very so true. Don't, don't discount that. Lots of different things to think about. Now, Paige, I've asked a few of our listeners this, and we've gotten some fun answers back. Um, when you got your first big check in disc golf, whether it be endorsement or from a, a, a tournament, have you, did you buy anything big, anything silly? Did you splurge on something? Finally, we know Big Germ bought a ton, a ton of flat brim hats. Yeah. Um, was there something that you said, hey, I'm, I'm making a good living doing this and now I'm going to go buy this? Um, not yet. No, not yet. I am not the type that likes material things. So I would not uh, classify myself like germ and go buy a bunch of hats or anything like that. Um, I definitely about, bought a bottle of two champagne. months in Hawaii, though. Two months in Hawaii. That's nice. Yeah, that's you know, that, days. <laughs> yeah, that would not have happened uh, if I was not on team Discraft, but yeah, I think that it's more so just seeing that number in my bank account and seeing, uh, the pop, my future, basically putting a lot more money into my IRA accounts. Oh, oh I'm so sorry for that motorcycle noise that just started. That's all right. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, you, like making a real, making a real career, not just like yeah. a hobby that kind of pays a real career. Yeah, absolutely. Just putting money towards my future and also saving and, you know, potentially I have been looking at houses quite seriously and, you know, maybe we will just buy a house in cash in the next year. So sure. that is kind of a crazy thought. Um, and yeah, just, just actually crazy. I, I don't have many words. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's all I know right. this is a podcast no. and you're supposed to talk, but. I still can't. No, I understand. <laughs> I know in the beginning of the show, um, you said you wanted some questions that you were going to have to think about. And one of the things that we do on running it with Nate Sexton is every time we have a, a fellow player from tour come on, we play a little game called you or Nate. And I'm going to ask you some questions. They might be disc golf related. They might not be. And you can simply just answer who would be more likely to do that, you or Nate? So what do you think, Paige? 
Okay, more likely to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Let's and I'll just it. I'll I'll just either agree or I'll argue. Okay. All right. So here we go. We're gonna play you or Nate with Paige Pierce. A couple fun topics for us to debate. It's time to play. It's you or Nate. Now, our first question for you or Nate is actually a fan submitted audio question. You ready, Paige? Yes, I am. Hey, Nate. Hey, Paige. Uh, I want to know between the two of you, who would win in a putt-off? Mm. Does it have to be a, a one-word answer? We're running it. <laughs> it's, you, it's, it's you or Nate, Paige, and we're running it here. So, you, you know, don't, oh. don't hold back. You can say whatever okay. you want. Well, it depends on the situation at hand. Because if there's a big crowd and I feel like I'm down to start shit-talking, I think I am going to beat Nate for sure. <laughs> but if it's like serious, like he's got a shirt tucked in and a belt on and all that, I think Nate's got me. I, I've been to a few putting leagues that he's been to, and I've heard some stories of him going near perfect. I, I would like to see it. I would like to see it happen. I don't, so have, I. Any, I don't have a problem with anything she said there. I'm not. not okay. I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm supremely confident I can beat Paige Pierce. I've, I've gone on record many <laughs> times to say that outside the circle, I would trade her straight up for her skills between the 33 and 66 that I will take. It just depends on when you catch fire. And, sure. you know, okay, fair yeah. enough. All right, Paige. Um, now, we all know that you guys both can entertain on the course. But who would be more likely to get up on stage and rock the crowd at a karaoke session? You or Nate? Oh, I mean, definitely me. I mean, I don't know about Nate's karaoke capabilities, but I definitely love karaoke. And uh, yes, I have been known to get down on the karaoke floor. I have not. If we had I, a... I will not. So she is 100 percent right. He's lying. I've already talked to Bree. She's got videos of Nate doing frozen well, karaoke. Yeah, at home oh. I'll hit. I'll hit the karaoke at home. Why sure. would you not do that, Nate? <laughs> See, that's you know, we're 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 different people in different head spaces. I think right, you are for so sure Paige, more likely to get up there and do the karaoke. Paige, <laughs> if it was karaoke night and you were going to get one song, what are you picking? Oh, well, I like to go with one that's going to like shock them at first. So usually it's like start with a little rap rap song Ooh, of some nice. sort. Yes. So they really just don't expect it to see me get up there and rap. But, you know, All right. Ger German, I have done a little Duran Duran or, you know. Yeah, that checks it. out. Yeah. Lots of lots of stuff. <laughs> Got to keep an Page. open open book. <laughs> Paige, who would be more likely to sneak into a second movie after paying and watching for the first one? You or Nate? Oh, man, right away I was thinking me because Nate's just such an innocent father. But, you know, the father <laughs> in him might make him feel a little bit more, uh, you know, frugal. And he might, if, if <laughs> Coraline really wanted a second movie, he might just have to do it. I haven't got time for no movies. No <laughs> Paige, if you and Nate switched home climates, who would hate their new weather more? Paige in the Pacific Northwest rain or Nate in the Texas heat? Oh, well, I think this is an unfair question because I do not consider Texas home. Okay, okay so you got the Arizona want, heat. Where do you no, want to consider? just no, the or... van. Just the van. I don't have a home yet, but okay, I don't have a home currently. But 
I would say Wait, playing in Texas, right? Yes. So you want to consider right. my childhood place? Is that what you? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I think that. Oh man, I just don't think that Nate would like Texas at all. There's just nothing, nothing good going on in <laughs> Texas. So. <laughs> Hence why I don't right, claim so, it. <laughs> so that so that's Nate. Paige, who would make the better car salesperson? You or Nate? Ooh, definitely Nate. Definitely Nate. He's I the think, he's I, I, I think so too. I, I don't I mean I've never done it, but I feel like I could do it. I think I have the gift of gap. I think you are a talker and you just can make things happen with your words and I, I feel like you would be successful. I think I could too. Yeah. All right. Paige, if you and Nate had to play around the opposite hand, who would score better? I, it would have to be Nate. I I cannot use my left hand really hardly hard, at all. Hard disagree. I'm t I'm worse than you. <laughs> I don't think I could make it. I don't think I could make it 18 holes without an injury, to be honest. Like if I had to actually throw like a real course all left-handed, I don't think I'm making it to the end without like so, I think I just threw my shoulder out. This is not working. Oh man, it sounds like something that we definitely don't want to put to the I test. I don't want to try it. No, I made yeah. one hole. I'll try one hole, and I'll probably lose. But I, I don't, I don't think I would enjoy eighteen holes left-handed. I literally feel like maybe a hundred feet and with no control. Yeah, I think I would quit and walk to the car if we were trying to play a hole eighteen. Yeah, yeah. I tried it only because after my first couple rounds, I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I'm left-handed. Maybe that's what the problem is. <laughs> um, but that, that wasn't the case. Well, all right. I think we had a, uh, a couple good questions there on, on you or Nate. I think you, I think you answered honestly and, uh, and we appreciate it. So thank you for participating in the, uh, in the latest edition of you or Nate. Paige, I know that you, uh, you've got a lot going on and you just got right off the plane and decided to come and run it with Nate and I. Um, so we don't want to take up a ton more of your time, but we did ask fans for questions specifically for you. And we got hundreds of them. There's no way we could possibly do a uh, 10% of them, but I did pick a few out. Would you mind answering a few fan questions before we let you go? Yeah, no problem. Okay. Awesome. Uh, we have a audio submission um guys remember that you can send those into running it podcast at gmail.com and uh we are going to play today's audio submission that we got into the email uh actually just this weekend hey nate Jarrett, and Paige. this is bobby from the central coast of california this question is for all of you i'm curious if there's anything that you wish you knew when you started playing disc golf that would help improve your game Thanks so much for the podcast. I love it. Can't wait for the next episode. Wow. Well, mine would be named Nate. I already said that. It seems like if you're named Nate, you get a good head start. So <laughs> my, my, mine's easy. Now, now to you guys. For me, uh, I think if I knew how big this thing was going to get when I was younger, I think I might have been able to convince myself to work harder, if that makes sense. So I think I could have been better if I if somehow I could have known that disc golf in general and disc golf for me personally had an opportunity to blow up as big as it has. That's nice. I think for me, it's kind of like a little bit more form based. I would say that. 90. No, I, I feel confident in saying 100 percent of the time. When I do a clinic. 
at least at least a handful of people don't follow through. And it seems like such an easy thing, but clearly it's something that we're not talking about enough. So basically just watch the pros follow through. Don't try to look at their reach back or their pull through. Just watch them follow through and continue the motion of their body. This is such a monumental thing. And a lot, a lot, a lot of amateurs do not do it. So make sure you're following through all the way and not stopping your body from finishing the shot. Perfect. Anthony Davis sent into the email, my daughter is six and has shown a great interest in disc golf. What is some advice you would give her to keep a young girl interested? Any fun drills you can recommend? I'll take this one first. Um, I think, I don't think that they, want, they don't even think they want to hear from me on this. I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe. I mean, as a father <laughs> to it. a, to a beautiful young woman, I That's feel true. like That's you true. could I, have I'll, some insight. Go, I'm gonna go second. Okay. So my dad used to, um, like I said, he was addicted to disc golf. He, yes, he brought me out with him, but I think it's kind of like my mom forced him to like, Hey, take your daughter also. You know, like, I know you're going to have playtime, but take your daughter. And so at the beginning, he was more concerned with himself and I was just kind of straggling behind and it really wasn't, I never, I didn't really get into it until he started paying attention and his friends started paying attention and also waiting for me, not just walking past the tee and me having to kind of like throw it right at them. Um, so I think honestly, just be attentive. And I know that seems simple, but really don't even bring your phone. Don't look at anything but her and just encourage. Yes, there's going to be things that she does wrong, but point out the things that she does correctly and clap for her and give her some encouragement. I think it goes a long way and uh, it will definitely keep her into it. Yeah. And for me, obviously, you know, Coraline's only three and a half. I don't know if she'll have a passion for disc golf. I hope she will. But uh, I just try to share excitement with her and and um, when she does want to throw, encourage her to throw it and just, yeah, every time I just freak out like, what a shot. And you know, we just have fun, you know, she's so little. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think just keeping it fun is is my main thing. Just like if if everybody's having a good time and it's it's like low pressure, that's like that's the way any kid is going to thrive. I feel like let let them get into it as much as they want to. And, you know, for me, it's like every practice round now I have her with me. So it teaches me things too. Like, you know, if I'm on tour this year and by any chance, like I'm in the middle of a really important shot, I'm right in my run up, right in my backswing. And somebody says, Hey daddy, I'm not, no issue. I'm ripping right. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do want to touch on one more thing actually, because I've, I've gone to a lot of the junior world championships and I've seen two different types of parents one that's completely supportive and encouraging like Nate's trying to suggest and one that is just borderline verbally abusive like kind of like what are you doing like why did you yeah. do that and yeah. uh obviously you don't talk to your kids like that but really too like it's not something that is life or death they're trying to do their best and so just try to stay calm. And like Nate said, don't put pressure on it. 
And yes, it is. It, it might be the junior world championship, but remember like that is what they chose to do. That's what they want to do. And they're young. They're going to get better. And the only way that's going to happen is if they feel supported and encouraged. Great advice. So there you go, Anthony. Uh, Paige, Jarrett from Buffalo wants to know, did you always know that you were going to make your living playing professional disc golf? And if not, was there a plan B? Um, like I said, I, I started to tour right after my first semester at community college. So I was going to get my basics and not sure what I wanted to do yet. Um, and then, like I said, I, I almost won a national tour and that kind of set me off on the path of, uh, working hard at it every day. And so quickly that college, uh, that next college semester came up and I didn't renew and I stayed on the road and, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of been plan a all along, I would say. And it's only increased and increased. So I've, I've never had a plan B. That's awesome. And I, that's why plan a worked out so well. Yeah, I think so. Just putting your, all of your mind into one thing and, you know, you're, you're going to see results that way. If you're also passionate about it, this guy, Jarrett, this Jarrett from Buffalo has got to be one of our biggest fans. I feel like every time he sends a question, it's straight to the top of the list. <laughs> right, right. He's got some clout at the show. Um, <laughs> Cindy from Facebook asks Paige, who are some pros you were watching as you were coming up learning to play? So I guess, did you have some pros that, that really kind of inspired you as you were coming up through the ranks? Yeah, I think the first one for me was Des Redding. She is also a Texas native. And so around the time I was like, I would say 14 years old, give or take, I was starting to travel the state to compete. And um, I was playing in professional women at that point. And I was not, nowhere near beating Des, but I was, since the field sizes were smaller back then, I was finding myself on her card on occasion. And, um, I had a bad temper and Des would kind of call me out on it and say, you know, as a veteran, but also as someone that I looked up to hearing her say like, no, you cannot do that. It was kind of like, yeah, my dad can tell me that, but he's always told me that. And so to hear someone I really, really like looked up to in the sport, tell me that I was like, okay, I really need to get this in check and it helped me with my temperament. And then also just the compliments that she would give instead of it being something like nice shot or good line, it was more unique and it didn't feel like this template and just like words that you needed to say or were, you know, the typical response to a shot. She would just her compliments would be just really direct right at you. Like, Hey, nice angle into that headwind like that, you know, stuff like that. And it was just like really genuine. And I could just feel that she wanted to help me get better and she wanted to push me in every way. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've always found Des Redding to be a huge inspiration to me. And then, um, yeah, later on, Valerie Jenkins, I started competing against her on the road week in and week out. And uh, yeah, she she's also just one of the nicest human beings on the planet and just so supportive. And uh, for me as as uh, role models in the sport. 
And for the for the listeners at home, I just want everyone to take a second real and think. Think about how much of a beast you have to be to sort of be sitting there and like, don't tell me nice shot. I've heard that I've heard that a thousand times. <laughs> Give me something real. No, like, but everybody even, says nice shot. Like not even yeah. just to me, but you know, you just hear I know, that. I know. That's I just know. what you hear. But yeah, that's funny. That's funny, Nate. <laughs> yeah. I it's yeah, just I, it's nice I, to hear different I, words. I think that we kind of recycle the same words as humans a lot. You know, we sure. just hear it on TV and, or we hear it on the course and we just say it. And yeah, I think uniqueness is uh, something that I value. I'm going to hit you some with some really off the wall shot okay. compliments this time. I'm going to try. I'm going to go to the lab. See if I, can I feel like you something. do. I feel like you do. And you know what? Just the fact that you watch and you come out and watch the women is so awesome. It's fun. really cool. It's I know fun. I tell you that in person, but I really do mean it. It's it's really exciting it's really to see exciting. that you are interested in our golf as well. Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, it, it seems it seems like a obvious to me. I don't know, you know, like it's it's talent, it's passion. I'm there for it. Yeah, I think great disc golf is great disc golf and it doesn't matter what genders out there playing it. If you get a chance to to watch, you know, some of the competitors that are playing today, um it doesn't matter whether it's the MPO or the FPO. I mean, there's just some amazing disc golf being played. Yes, there really is. I'm I'm excited to see what 2021 brings and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of memorable shots and tournament wins and everything in between. I think so, too. I think we have one more audio question. As a woman who loves to play disc golf myself, did you have a hard time finding other girls or women to play with growing up? I'm the only girl I know who played in my town. And just wondering how your non-disc golf female friends felt about your love of the sport. And a quick side question. Were there any men when you were up and coming and learning the sport and climbing the ladder of your career were there any men that you really just wanted to punch in the face? <laughs> well, I think that, you know, growing up for me, I was, like I said, mostly playing with my dad and his friends. Uh, the female presence in like the DFW area was pretty small back then. Uh, I did have one friend, Haley Sowerby, that we played together quite often. Um, but yeah, that's kind of why my dad and I started traveling the state is because a lot more women were playing in the Austin area or Houston area. Um, so yeah, I would find myself going to those tournaments, playing like Texas women's or, uh, women's only events just to kind of, uh, get a little bit of a change of pace because like I said, it was always men. Um, and to be honest, I didn't really care one way or the other who I was playing with or against or anything like that. It was just more feeling competitive and, you know, yes, there are men that you want to punch in the face, but there's also women you want to punch in the face. And I think that humans are humans and, uh, there's going to be people you don't like no matter what their gender anything is. So I think that, you know, this whole respect her game movement and all of that, Yes, I support it. But for me, we're all humans. And, you know, if you don't like somebody, then just move past it. Don't talk to them, you know, move past the comment online or just walk away if it's in person. And if there is someone that you want to punch in the face, then, you know, 
probably think twice about it before you actually do it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I would suggest not doing that. But, um, yeah, there's going to be moments of frustration. I think it's just a matter of how you handle it. And uh, I think that it, it can teach you a lot about yourself and how to not be so reactionary and to take their words, if you wish, and kind of create some good out of it in some way, shape, or form. You can't control what anybody else says, but you can control what you do and how you react. So, um, yeah, I think that I, I don't really know how to wrap that sentence up. I think I, I think I said, all <laughs> I think I you, I think you covered it. Yeah. You, okay. you, you nailed it. Um, this one comes in, this is going to be our last question. And, uh, this one comes in a lot and I'm going to put you guys both on the spot with it. I figured I'm going to bust it out when Paige is on the show, since we have one male, one female, I want to hear both of your disc golf Mount Rushmore's. I was hoping we were going to get here. This is so tough. Am I, can we, can I do the, the women? I don't, I can do, we're doing the women's Mount Rushmore, right? Both of us. You, you, well, the question came in as disc golf. So, I mean, I oh, guess whoever, oh, whoever you guys gosh. want to put on there is, is completely up to you. And, um, you know, of all time. Yeah. All time. Anyone, all time. any gender, any time period. If the, if the, the disc golf association said, Hey, we're going to build a Mount Rushmore, who would be your votes to be on there? Wow. How about how about I do too and Paige does too? King Climo, Paul McBeth, your turn. Juliana Corver and <laughs> Elaine King. <laughs> that was actually really good. I was trying to give you the short end of the stick there where I got to do the <laughs> obvious ones and you had to make the super hard decisions. <laughs> oh man, that's those are good answers. I that is tough. Yeah. I, I tend to I've I've thought I was thinking about it in preparing for this episode, thinking about the women's mount rushmore but to mix the genders that really takes some research how, how are you gonna it's so hard to compare eras and then when you also have to now compare genders and the achievements of people in different divisions and all man that's tough but i have i don't have any argument there i mean those are icons all of them yeah i mean i feel like if we're doing no gender too i i still find elaine king on there you know she's yeah. a five-time world champion yeah. And what does she want? Two master titles now? At and least. she's still competing. And she finds herself on lead cards in FPO still. Yep. Um, and she's done and she's just been like a driver, you know, she's like getting on committees with the PDGA. She's just right. speak, she's just like always thinking, always pushing. She's not just like only playing. I yeah, I totally agree with that. Um yeah, and then I mean, gosh, it's hard to just name yourself, but I, I might put, I would probably put you ahead of Juliana if I'm honest. But you don't have to comment there. I, I yeah, it's kind of, I it's kind know. of weird to say to call that yourself quite yet. I'm. Looking and you have for a lot more in the six. tank. You have a lot more. In the I'm tank, looking for so. number six before I start thinking too hard about that. Yeah, yeah. Mount Rushmore spot. Just the just the women's one is hard too because I was thinking about that and at first. I was like, oh, it's pretty clear cut, but man, it's it's like I think Des has to be the first one left off, and that doesn't feel right either. Because obviously you got the five timers, the three of you, and then it goes. Then it's Val probably, and you know you want it's hard. There's only four spots on the mountain, you know. So right. I guess that's where you got to draw the line, and I feel like that is where I would have to draw it. It would be Val would be the last one on, and Des would be the first one off. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that. All right, so you just did the ladies, so now you have to do the men. Whoa! You, whoa, you, you whoa. already gave two. Uh, I didn't do that. You already gave I two. That, I didn't do that. You fill the today. other two spots. All right, all right, all right. 
Let me think. Off the top of your head. You can always change it later. But off the top of your head right now, if they said, Nate, we need your vote, who you got? Gosh, that's well, so tough. I think he nailed it already. Paul and Kenny are the two. Uh, yeah, of and course. And then, I mean, yeah, but we just have to say it. And then yeah. I would say, oh, that's a good one. You got Nate Doss in the conversation. You got Barry Schultz in the conversation. You probably have Ricky Wysocki in the conversation. I was going to say, I think, I think Ricky would be in there even over Nate Doss for me. And it's kind of hard to like definitively say that, but I know that Nate Doss is not going to play any more tournaments. Yeah. And I know that Ricky is going to. He's playing 500 more. Have at least, at least five more majors in his, in his days. Yeah. I would say. Yep. Yep. What is he? 20? How old's Rick? 26? I would guess like 27. That's my guess. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, if you're looking at, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of judging them today. You know, I'm not really thinking about. Yeah, like, I know. Might, it's a little premature. Happen. I know. I know. But, I, but it, I think that's an okay. That's an all right way to take it. That conversation in that direction, where if you factor in like what is likely to happen, then yeah, I would probably agree with you that Rick is going to solidify his place up there. But then you're going to have mm-hmm. to worry about like, what has Eagle McMahon done? And yeah, right. it's hard to predict, hard to predict that stuff. All but, right. Uh, so but current. Yeah, Currently, man, and there's, you know, it's just so hard because I know I'm forgetting people that should never, ever, ever be forgotten. And then also you got like, I guess it's, we got to establish this is for playing disc golf. Because like, obviously you kind of want to say like, oh, does Steady Ed belong on the Mount Rushmore? But let's talk, we're talking about professional careers, not like efforts to grow the game Mm -hmm. necessarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of hard not to say that the two, three time three timers wait yeah is nate yeah yeah i don't know it's kind of hard to argue with that yeah i think i think yeah for right now i'm i would put nate there and then uh you know with the expectation as as with anybody you know like nobody's bumping kenny out of there anytime soon but everybody else on the mountain is like you know their spots at risk you know because there's so <laughs> yeah. many great, great players that are still pushing right now and if there was a fifth spot why does paul yulabari think he goes there <laughs> <laughs> he can't be serious, right? No, he, not even he. Okay, he's never serious. <laughs> That's kind of true. He is yeah. kind of never serious. Yeah. Um, we kind of have a, we kind of have a running thing cuz Yuli puts himself in the top 5 of uh of just just throwing forehand of all um, time. He, yeah, but he's number 5. So he doesn't think that he's 1 2 3 or 4, but he is number 5 all time. <laughs> Does he have a top four? Like, does he know who's ahead of him? Yeah, he'll tell you. I think he says okay. it's, Germ, it's Germ, me, Rick, and did he say Scott Stokely or something? I can't remember. I, th- I don't remember, but I just know that he's he's got himself at five. And uh, and I, I like to bring that up a lot. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Well, Paige, this is the, the time of the show where we give you the opportunity to let everyone know what's going on with you. Where can they find you? Feel free to plug any websites, appearances, discs, anything that you want the listeners to know about you. Um, yeah, I'll keep it short. I, I just, like you said, I got back from Hawaii just today. I put out two videos while I was there, um, and the third one is on the way. It is in the editing stages, so uh, definitely check it out on YouTube if you're curious what that hawaiian disc golf was like or my off season and other than that you can find all things page pierce on pagepierce.com i have like all my merch and my patreon pages on there 
Um, and that's, that's a link to where I have different tiers and in my highest tier, I do form critiques monthly and, um, you get discounts on my website and live monthly live streams where we kind of do a zoom call and chat and, um, yeah, my tour schedules on there as well. So, um, I don't have any clinics listed on there because COVID and we're just not sure how that would go yet, but there could be some that I might pop up on there. So just kind of check that tab on occasion. But as for now, all of my tournaments are on there that I'm going to play this year. And yeah, other than that, I think my most common, um, social media platform is Instagram. So my handle is at P Pierce two nine one nine zero. So and you have the freaking blue check mark, don't you? Yes, I do have the blue check mark. What does a guy got to do? I keep submitting the stuff and it keeps I know. Me, it took you, me a while, you, actually. Man. I don't it took know me what a while, I, I actually. Me. You have to. Did you do the thing where you like take a photo of your driver's license and all that? Oh, yeah. Six times. Well, probably. I also submitted my Wikipedia page. All right. I like that um, advice. Which I edit myself, just so you know. I haven't told anybody that <laughs> we before. Can, is there a we can send some clips of this. We can send some clips of the show. Rushmore? <laughs> Wait, what was that? I was asking if there was a section on your self-edited page that said Mount Rushmore of women's disc golf. No, but maybe I could add that tomorrow. Hey, certainly I gotta when find you a get little number Photoshop six. buddy that get... can add that, add the when... little photos. When you get number six, you have to. And I'm definitely using the word when on purpose, not if. Okay. Well, I am so excited that that opportunity is even an option this year. I'm actually, after, um, after Vegas, I'm actually headed to Ogden to go practice for two weeks. So before Waco, so I guess it's like a week and a couple days, but I'm really, really looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, excited to go get some reps in on those mountainous tracks. I guess they're not mountainous, but the mountains in the background are pretty epic. I feel like you must have been as happy as anybody. You never win the Worlds in even years. Right. I was like, you know, you guys are just doing this for me. What's the point of having a 2020 Worlds? Yeah. No, I was excited about the chance to break that quote unquote curse. But, I know, you know, I know, I know. We'll, we'll have to you wait will. for another year. You will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's just going to about do it for us, uh, Paige. It was truly an honor. It was so awesome to have you come on and, and chat with us. And I wish you the absolute best of luck in the 2021 season. And uh, hopefully we'll get you back on soon and uh, talk about some of the wins you rack up this year. Well, thank you so much. We will see you guys on. Yeah. See you soon. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Okay, Nate, we had a, another amazing guest on today. Just an awesome conversation with Paige Pierce. It was so great to have her on. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to talking to her again sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. She's fantastic. I mean, I, I, I knew we would get her on eventually. She's been in Hawaii forever. I didn't really want to bother her. But we got her the very first day she came back. That's how excited I was. Yeah, you can't do any better than that. Now, Nate, everybody's been used to you bringing on great guests and having awesome conversations. And another thing that everybody's been really getting used to enjoying is the Nate Sexton disc breakdown. What do you got for us this week? 
Well, I got to get to my other tour series disc. This is the Nexus Firefly. This is the putter that I would use in a hypothetical putt off against Paige Pierce. This is the, if I have any shot, it'd be with the Nexus Firefly. So this is my signature tour series putter. The Nexus part is the plastic. That's a, a newer plastic for Innova that I had a hand in helping them develop the feel of. I think it's ideal for putting personally. It's got the blend of grip and stiffness that is perfect for me in any kind of weather conditions whether it's a little cold or a little wet or whatever but it's stiff enough that when i put a push putt behind it i don't feel like there's a lot of reverb where i'm kind of like losing momentum it pops off the fingers pretty cleanly i can get a high spin rate on it a little bit overstable kind of a deep feel in the hand uh, you know why wouldn't i it better be the best putter i've ever used if i'm gonna if it's gonna be my signature putter so for me it's the best putter i've ever used that's the nexus firefly from innova that's an awesome disc. And uh, actually, they just dropped a few more on the website a few days ago. I'm sure by now they're long gone. Uh, but if you're following the Nate Sexton collector page on Facebook, somebody popped up immediately and said, hey, they just dropped uh, some more of these. And uh, I know people are going crazy. So um, you know, an awesome disc and it's always cool to hear, you know, how the disc works for you and, and how you use them. And I think the fans have really been enjoying it as well. Um, Nate, have you been using any of the, uh, the new putting features on UDisc? I, I got into them a little bit in the backyard. Also with my disc dots, I got the basket out there all set up with those that, that they sent over and I've used the, the thing a little bit. I think I would, I told them this and I think they're willing to, they're willing to work with us when they have a little bit of time. Right now, their drill goes all the way out to 66 feet. I think eventually we might be able to get them to tweak that a little bit. I think that's maybe a little bit too far for like practice that's really going to benefit you. But I'm hoping we can kind of tweak some of those distances around and start getting a leaderboard going and maybe announce some of those leaders on the show at some point. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. And I know we were talking off air. You were kind of bummed out that you haven't had an opportunity to use the map scoring because your last round was a little wet, right? <laughs> Yeah, I went to the course like fully planning on giving it a try, but then it and it was actually pretty nice driving over there, but it was pouring like I, I mean, I played the whole round, but I wasn't about to pop, pop the phone out 50 times because it was going to be a problem if I if I had to get, get in and out of my bag in the rain, but it won't be that bad again, I'm sure. So pretty soon here, I'm going to get to try that and hopefully post that up so everyone can see it. But it, it seems like a really cool feature just to kind of tell the story of your round visually. Yeah, I also haven't had an opportunity yet, but that's because I live in Buffalo, New York, and we've got snow knee deep here. So if any of our listeners have had the opportunity to use it, um, shoot us a review. Let us know what you think about the map scoring on the new uh, the new map scoring on the UDisc app. And if you guys aren't using UDisc now, go ahead and download it. Every disc golf fan needs to have you disc. It's more than just something to keep track of your score, uh, but you get some awesome pro statistics and a ton of information and ways to really improve your game. Check them out over at you disc and uh, we thank them for being a friend of the show. Absolutely. All right, guys, that just about does it for us here. Remember to check out our friends over at FisherDiscGolf.com. Again, that's FisherDiscGolf.com. Nate, what's the code again? Run it 10. Saves you 10%. It's free shipping. Make sure you check them out. And again, just like we mentioned, if you're not using that UDisc app, get on there. Download it. Another friend of the show and an awesome way to enhance your game. 
We had an awesome conversation with Paige Pierce today. And guys, we thank you so much for downloading the show, sharing it. Uh, we're absolutely humbled with the amount of downloads and comments and interaction that we have. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. We're even on YouTube. Make sure that you're hitting that subscribe button. And if we've so deserved it, that five-star rating and even if we didn't deserve it can you just hit the five-star rating it, it helps us out a lot um <laughs> so guys we know that you have a ton of options and we thank you for for spending your time with us and that's why when a lot of other people think that they're probably gonna lay up nate what are we doing well i mean in honor of our guest paige pierce she said it best whether it be birdie or double bogey sometimes it's about the shot and when you lay down on your deathbed and you look back at your podcast listening life, you're going to want to be able to know that you were running it. Ooh. All right, guys, we'll see you next week.